Welcome to Kingdom Leadership. In Matthew 20 and 25, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentile lord over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not that way among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. God has called us to lead in a way that serves others and advances the kingdom of God. Please join our hosts as they discuss scriptures, principles, and strategies for leading in a way that brings glory to God and blesses you and those you serve. You may also visit us online at IamAKingdomLeader.com to submit your questions or access past episodes. Let's go. Thankful to God that, that we're able to come together tonight in our Bible study. Be welcome tonight. You're in for a treat like none other. We have the Life Changing Faith Christian Fellowship Leadership Training Institute with us again tonight. They're always such a blessing. This team of leaders, industry leaders in their own right, uh, and they're giving of their time, their talent, and their treasure uh, to the kingdom to advance God's will and God's mission in the earth realm, and, and just to continue to let you know what their mission is. I thank God for them, first of all. They're teaching us, and they're not only teaching us through the spoken word, they're demonstrating what they live in their, in their corporate careers, and, and, and the mission of the Leadership Training Institute is equipping, and I love that word, equipping and inspiring others to lead like Jesus in all facets of ministry and life, and what they hope to see come from their efforts, what they hope to see come from the investment of their time, talent, and treasure in the kingdom is they hope to see healthy servant leaders that role model a culture of learning, a culture of growing, and the building up of others. I thank God for them, and you're in for a treat tonight uh, this month, we're focusing on restoration, literally restoring what these crazy times may have taken from us, how to restore and even improve upon our lives. And we're going to go deeper in that tonight and expand on that and even talk about how to navigate the new normal in the midst of restoration. So without further ado, thank God for our Leadership Training Institute. I give it over to our, our moderator for tonight, Elder Charles Brazil. Elder? Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Um, tonight, we're going to be focusing on, you know, as Pastor said, restoration. But the aspect of restoration that we're going to target tonight is creating a new normal by being humble, diligent, and wise. Creating a new normal by being humble, diligent, and wise. And I would submit to you, Life Changing Nation, that in order for us to thrive, going forward today, we're going to have to create our own new normal. We can't just sit back and allow others to frame the optic of how we see our life going forward today. We're going to be challenged with writing our own story. Amen. So if we think about in the last five and a half months, you know, we live in a society that has been paralyzed by a COVID virus which this pandemic is the third such that our world has seen with the first one being in 1918, the Spanish flu, 
1957, there was another flu pandemic. Uh, we're also harassed with racial injustice and cultural violence. We're worried with economic uncertainties. We're strained by political unrest. We're losing life and property to fires and hurricanes. Our faith is shrinking. Our peace and our joy is fleeting. We don't have enough internet speed so that everyone can stream from home. You know, and then we can't go anywhere because some people just decide they're not gonna wear a mask, right? <laughs> That's the new normal that we're beginning to find ourselves in. And on Sunday, pastor said that we have to praise God while in the middle of our circumstance. God is already at our place of restoration, already at our new normal waiting on us. Amen. Psalms uh, 23 tells us how David um, uh, had God, the good shepherd, restored his soul. The good shepherd restored his soul. And then in John 16, 33, Jesus tells his disciples, these things I have spoken to you so that mm. in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Amen. He didn't say you may. He said you have tribulation. Mm. So these are the, tribu the tribulations, the circumstances that we find ourselves in today. So how are we going to write our new normal? What's going to be the storyline for us? So I'm going to ask you, life-changing nation, to jump into the chat. What are you seeing as your new normal today? And we're going to have Dr. Green and Sister Karen is going to come on. And we're going to talk about uh, humility. We're going to talk about diligence. We're going to talk about being wise. But right now, to set the stage, why don't you go ahead, put in the chat what your new normal is. And then I'm going to pose to, to the panel, and we're going to have Dr. Green to go ahead and lead us first in about humility. You know, humility is this disposition that we wear, this inherent trait, right? So Dr. Green, what is living a life of humility in this new normal? Well, um, I love this topic because I was thinking about the new normal for me and so much has changed um, over the last several months with my business, how I spend my time, my perspective. Um, and I don't know where it's going in terms of what the new normal will be, but I feel like in this, God is using this time to refine my character, mm -hmm. to kind of show me things about myself, refine some things, prune some things. And humility has been one of those topics. Um, and so I was looking up the definition. Humility can, can be defined as an absence of arrogance or pride, not thinking too highly of ourselves, mm -hmm and submitting our will to God. And, you know, we know being humble is super important to God. I mean, there's so many scriptures on it, including one that says God opposes the proud, right? Mm, so amen. he opposes the proud and gives favor to the humble. So we oh, know um, if we're not being humble, God is against us. So that is super important <laughs> from God's perspective. But what I was thinking about is I think most of the people I interact with, my friends, other believers, would say we're humble people. I mean, I don't know many people that say, you know, I'm very proud, arrogant, and love to be treated special. Wow. <laughs> Most of us just don't, we don't say that. No. And I think one reason we don't is because we're comparing ourselves mm -hmm. to other people. Like we're mm -hmm. thinking about managers we work with, political leaders we see, 
And we're thinking, oh, you know what? I'm more humble than they are. And so we consider ourselves humble, but they're not the comparison Christ is. Mm, amen. And amen. You know, the word says that Christ humbled himself by being fully obedient to God, mm. even when that obedience caused his death, his death on a cross. So if we think of that level of humility, that level of putting other people first, um, that level of submitting our will, then I think we all could say, oh, yeah, I got some places, yeah, I have some places to sure, grow in that, sure. um, laying down our lives for others. And so what I was thinking about, and I'm going to ask you all what you all think about this, but I had two things God has been challenging me to do to kind of show me where I am humble and where I'm not. And it challenged me to increase my level of humility. And one of those is go last. So, you know, the word says we should esteem others over ourselves. We should kind of consider other people more significant. Um, and so how can we put other people first? And so I was thinking about, okay, if we're on the tollway and someone's trying to get in front of me, like, mm. <laughs> am I going last? Am I putting them first? If I'm in the grocery store mm. and, or we both get to the parking space at the same time, am I putting other people first? Like, how can you in little and big ways start to put other people first, like esteem others before us? Mm. Um, and I was thinking about even at church, you know, when we'd eat, um, Minister Kata or Sister Patsy, I don't know if they ever ate at church because like I'm in line with my food and yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like serving people, carrying yeah. people plates, oh, like yeah. cleaning up. Take So one way God's challenging me is to go last, last. you know, um, put other people first. So that's yeah. one way. And then my second one is he's been challenging me to be less offendable. Mm. So, you know, when we think about Christ, um, Christ is our example, you know, he was treated so terribly before and during the crucifixion, right? And then he's resurrected and comes back. And when he greets the people that he considered friends, that they loved each other, you know, he doesn't say, um, you know, he doesn't say, wow, what happened? Like, I thought y'all were friends of mine. Like, he <laughs> greets them as brothers. He lets things go. And so God's been challenging me to mm. you know, not be easily offended. And when you are offended, to just let it go. And what I found is that being offended is a choice. We can uh, choose yeah. to keep and hold on to the offense Come on. or we can choose to let it go. Yeah. And at letting go, it increases your humility because you're kind of telling yourself, I mean, why is my perspective right? Yeah. Why is yeah. my belief on this right? Why do I think I'm judging their mm. motives right? You know, it's like, just let it go. So I think the ways he's been challenging mm. me during this time is to one, go last and two, be less offendable. And there's actually a book called Unoffendable. Mm. I haven't gotten there yet. But he, he's working <laughs> on me being less offendable mm. and letting mm. go of it when it shows up. So I'm curious, like, on what people said on New Normal and also just our family online, like, what does humility look like to you? Um, what does what humility in action look like to you? So I'll ask everyone online and just throw it to you guys as well. What do you all think about that? Just the other day, doctor, uh, my wife told me that I needed to be less offendable. Mm. Mm-hmm. And were you offended by that? Yep. <laughs> sure was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure was. And you know what? I think I'm being something that I'm really not being. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. Who, who am I that my perspective deserves such vehement defense? Mm-hmm. And who do I think I am? And then to hear this, yeah. I hear God. That's the, that's the same way he's been challenging me. And one of the scriptures he brings to mind often for me is, mm. who, are, who am I to judge another man's servant? Yeah. Meaning we're all servants of him. So mm. I need to be looking to him as my, you know, as who's looking at my behavior and not looking at people beside me to say, am I yep. better or worse than, or, you know, just any of that, just kind of letting go of offense. And I'll tell you too, it's a lot more peaceful. Like, it's a lot more joy. It's a lot more peace when you let, like, just quickly let it go. So I don't know. Okay, I'm still confessing. (laughs) Well, similar to you, similar to you, Arlene, um, you know, when I thought of this being humble, you know, I thought of an acronym that actually may help and assist in recognizing what humility is. Mm. Because a life of humility in the new normal is all about removing you. Y-O-U or your own urges. Mm. And so I looked at it from that perspective because really humility, like you said um, earlier, those two things of going last or being less offendable is all about taking you out of the picture, you know, and how do we do that? What does it look like? I looked at Colossians 3, 12 to 14 that directs us and says, so as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgives you, you should also, um, beyond all those things, put on love, the perfect bond of unity. So again, I think it first starts with humbling yourself before God, as you mentioned earlier, recognizing that he's sovereign, and that he is really everything, positioning our hearts to be open to his word, and taking Mm. the focus off of me. And focuses on focusing on what really matters, which is him. And then once you do that, then we're able to easily turn those fleshly responses that we would normally do into godly ones, handling unfair treatment peacefully mm, because mm. we're humble. You know, you think about the social injustice, like you said, that's going on across the nation right now. If we humble ourselves, we'll be able to address that more peacefully and respond to unfair treatment without becoming bitter. You know, godly humility means that you do not feel a need to have vengeance or revenge. Mm, godly so, humility. Again, it's you, your own urges, removing you. That's good. And I tell you, Dr. Yeah. Let go last, that's a movement. Yeah. That's, that's more than, um, I mean, as soon as you get off this, this, this call tonight, you need to patent that fast <laughs> as you can and go and reserve golast.org and don't y'all do it. <laughs> Because that's something I can, that's a swing thought for me. That's something I can think to help my behavior go last. And that is so counterintuitive to the flesh. So are you crazy-ish? But then isn't that what Christ did? He said, I came and I just poured myself out a ransom for many. I'm you. We've got a comment from from Brother Ed Pastor, Dr. Green. He says, um, humility requires self-discipline. Mm. Humility requires self-discipline. Mm. And I would agree, that's that, that statement of you, you making, be less offendable. That's self-discipline to be less offendable. Mm. 
right? And I put humility is to be grateful for who you are and to do all that you do for the glory of God. Serve the audience of one. Mm. If I'm serving God, then I'm not looking to anyone else for confirmation. You know, and as you were talking, Dr. Green, I thought about this. Why can't we agree in love? Why can't your perspective be valid for you? My perspective be valid for me. We agree to disagree and love one another and keep moving. But that's not how we do. (laughs) That's not good enough, Elder. That's not good enough. No, that's not not good good enough. enough. Um, I need to come away from the dialogue. I have something to prove. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I hear hear self doubt. I hear a low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And, and I need mm-hmm. to take this issue and that argument and that circumstance. I need, I've got something to prove uh, because perhaps I don't know my, my true value, my true worth. Right. And I'm looking at every interaction to add a couple of pennies to my account. You know, when in fact, Jesus died for me. There is nothing more valuable than me period. And if God going to give us Jesus, what wouldn't he give us? So now I can go last because I stay in the first position in him. So I can afford to be last with my fellow man and my fellow woman. And many times we look at, you know, what others think of us. Oh yeah. Part of that. A huge part of it. I've Mm got to do this because so-and-so may look at me this way. Right. Or CQ may look at me that way. You know, without really focusing, like you said, on it's all about what God thinks. Isn't, <laughs> Isn't that what we believe? <laughs> Glory to God. Or I've got to push others down so I can rise up. Right. You know, to right. Point. I got to push you down so that I can rise up, that I can have value so people can look at me and, hey, wow. see, see what I'm doing? See what right. I'm doing? Right. And when I do that, I'm not serving that audience of one. Well, I got to put you down in order to lift me up. That's, uh, but that's real. That's, that's real. real. That's real. All right, Life Changing Nation, we need you. We need you to chime in. Let us know what you feel living a life of humility is in the new normal. So let's move into this thing called diligent, creating um, our new normal by being diligent. What does that mean? Uh, Diligence, it's an adjective, is defined as having or showing care and conscientiousness in one's work and duties. I believe diligence, to Brother Ed's point, is about discipline. Mm. It's about consistency. You know, it's about commitment and dedication. And if we're talking about it from the perspective of this new normal, it's going to take commitment and dedication in my time with God, in enhancing and developing my relationship with God. Mm. It's going to take attentiveness to the relation to the revelation of God's word in my life and around my circumstance, mm. right? I've got to write my story. Yeah. I've got to frame my own optic. I can't mm. let society <laughs> tell me what my new normal is. Yeah, there will be parameters, things that I cannot do today that I did five and a half months ago, Mm. but I've got to frame it. 
How am I going to thrive in this new normal? And then I've got to look at to do without unnecessary delay or slothfulness. Mm. You know, this new normal has caused people to be to be very lax. You know, we've had five and a half months where had we been diligent, we could have improved our position in our thinking, in our relationships, um, in our understanding, and in our learning. But we chose not to do that. Some of us, we've chosen not to do that. So this is the new normal that we're going to be faced with. So how do I begin to create diligent habits in my life? So Life Changing Nation, I want you to to go ahead and throw what diligence looks like in your life in this new normal. And I'm gonna kind of pose that to the panel. When you think about being diligent, what does that mean? Because if we look at Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent will rule. Hebrews 6 and 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. And then I thought this one was really interesting. Second Peter 1, 5, and 6. Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness. So there is a link to godliness and diligence, diligently seeking the understanding and the relationship of Christ. Panel, life-changing nation, how do you see living diligent in your new normal? Okay, so I'll start. So real talk here. You know, I think the three of us, <laughs> you know, Dr. Green, Elder Charles, and me, we talk at least probably like three times a month, just at least. And when I get with these two, I just get so pumped up and energized and think to myself, yes, I'm going to go start doing that. And yes, I'm going to go read that book. And yes, I'm going to get up at 530 in the morning and hit the treadmill. And some of the things I've done, but, you know, life happens. So, and I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. At least I hope not. But in general... You know, like you said, living life in the new normal requires a diligent man or a woman who makes every effort to follow through on everything he or she starts, um, which requires, in my opinion, like you said, self-discipline or self-control, taking responsibility for things as well as obedience. And it is hard because there's so many things that we can get distracted by. But as Christians, if you look at those three principles, the spirit of self-discipline, it's already within us. If you yes. read Galatians 5, 22, 23, it tells us, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against mm. these things. There's no law. So it's already there. And we just need to connect to the right source from where our help comes from. God, mm, come on, persevere. <laughs> and that's why we have God to look to when we get weak and with responsibility, it's being responsible for ourselves, but again, mostly others. You know, we have a Christian duty to serve one another. Amen. You know, as First Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to mm. serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various Amen. forms. And then Amen. lastly, 
Here's what Deuteronomy 28.1 says about obedience. If you diligently obey the voice mm. of the Lord, your God, mm. the mm. Lord, your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Yeah, so we should be striving for our new normal in, in diligence to be self-disciplined, responsible, obedient in our daily walk with God. Because Proverbs 21.5 sums it up by saying the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. So Man. don't Man. stop now. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think about the word perseverance. Um, you both use the word persevere, or perseverance. And for me, you know, I'm working from home most of the time. I'm not going out a lot. So just being at home a lot has really put it's partly that, par partly the racial injustice. It's just sometimes I wake up and feel like I have a weight. Like, I just, you just don't want to get up, you mm. know? And, and diligence is about doing what God's called you to do. Um, mm. But you, you're just like, you know, you just don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And what God's been encouraging me to do is, I guess my diligence in this season has been keep moving. Like, yes. So, Yes. You know, I wake up and it's like, okay, I usually go on a walk most mornings and it's like, okay, I don't really want to get up. And it's like, okay, we'll get up. Then once you get up, it's like, okay, we'll just put your clothes on, you know, we'll just brush your teeth, just, you know, okay, well, you got your shoes on. Okay. Right now you got your shoes. On. All right. Let's just see, you know, walk 10 minutes and then maybe I walk 10 and I'm like, oh, I can go ahead and do the 30, you know, but it's kind of this just not stopping, mm. um, mm. And I don't mean that from like a, um, like I'm tired because I think mm. if I'm tired, you know, go take a nap. I don't mean mm. like pushing yourself past exhaustion, mm. but when you feel that weight, you know, like the enemy or, or just life pressing you down, part of mine is keep moving. Mm. And um, God brought this scripture to my remembrance that they that wait on the Lord mm. shall renew their strength. Yeah. And so part of waiting for me is just keep doing that next one thing. Um, and then in that doing, sometime during the day, the strength will be renewed and I'll have the energy back. But um, for me, it's mm. been just, diligence has been just keep moving, keep doing that next one thing. Um, because eventually it's like my spirit catches up yeah. um, and I can feel the renewed strength. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't always, but it's been harder for me over these last several months than I think prior to this. Do that. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm -hmm. I was just saying, I was just sharing that it feels good once you really have done it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my, my daddy used to say, when you stop, that's where you stop. Mm -hmm. See, into you, if that's where you, if, if that was your goal, then okay. But if you haven't reached it yet, mm -hmm. you haven't, you know, the way he used to say it, the way Dr. Pelham used to say it, you haven't earned the right to stop yet. No. Um, I, uh, you know, think about diligence and I think about the areas where I am diligent. And that is not every area. But I think about the area where I am diligent. I have a reason. There is something inside that's bigger than everything outside to where it's self-motivating, um, uh, Self-driving, for me, diligence, I have to have a why. Uh, that's bigger than anything I can see on Fox or CNN. A why that's bigger than any you know, momentary disagreement we may be having at the house. A why that's, that's bigger than, than you know, my desire for eight digits in the bank and it's really about two. My a, a why, and I have to have a why in 
if I think about the areas where I am diligent, my why traces back to God. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have a God why, now I'm looking at the other areas where I'm not diligent. <laughs> they don't have a God why yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, my diligence has to be driven by something bigger than me. Because to your point, it's got to be me. Uh, Sometimes Andy Griffin and Lemonade sounds so much better than doing what I know I've got to do. And then I don't do it. And then there's the weight of regret that I didn't do it. Uh, But where I do work, so maybe I could encourage, continue to encourage myself and others, find a God why and remember that. And just the meditating, the thinking on that will, will move you. And I know it moves me. Amen. Amen. We've got we've got a couple of comments in the chat, and then we've got a question. Uh, so Sister Sandy says, uh, "Dr. Green, you really gave me something to include in my new normal because I definitely need to be less offendable. To me, it's a choice, and it's a choice I need to start making, especially mm-hmm. in this climate we're living in today." Um, Sister Carmen, her comment was. COVID was a sucker punch to our lives these last five months. Um, I dealt with, uh, with fear, worry, et cetera. The deaths of so many, including police shootings, caused me to be on an emotional roller coaster. I've cried out to God, asking him to give, give strength, to hold on, and to be diligent. But frankly, it's been a trial and error. Mm-hmm. And, and Sister Carmen, we can definitely uh, oh, yeah. understand that. I think we all are feeling that, and you know, Sister Sandy, we—it's a choice for all of us. Did you guys have anything to share before I read Brother Aaron Tolliver's question for the group? I was just going to say, in terms Brother of Aaron Carmen, says, oh, "Go ahead, go ahead, Doctor Green, go ahead." I was just going to say, in terms of Carmen's con- comment, I think, Pastor, your point on the God why around, but that drives our diligence. Um, mm-hmm. That just speaks to me because I remember when we studied diligence a couple years ago as a leadership team, one of the definitions was that diligent is doing what God says. Mm. And so there's a lot of things we could be doing, but if you don't, Mm -hmm. if it's not to your point, if it's not driven by what you think God is calling you to do, then his power, his strength Mm. um, isn't baked in it. So I think Amen. part of that getting back to what is getting clarity on what God's calling me to do may be mm-hmm. part of that. Um, then the strength and everything you need to do it is kind of baked into it. So I think that's a really good question for all of us to kind of ask, what is God calling me to do in this moment? And how can I be diligent about those mm-hmm. things Amen. and not necessarily everything? That's what I was thinking. So. Amen. Amen. Brother Aaron asked um, this question, how do Christians navigate the dichotomy of God died for us, we're worth more than gold, and yet we are to esteem everyone else higher than ourselves. Where is the middle of these two extremes? That's a true Aaron question. Isn't I love Aaron. Layered. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> I love Aaron. I mean, I thought My about <laughs> And now y'all know he already knows the answer, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, go ahead and type oh, okay, the answer for okay. us so we know. Okay. <laughs> Please, Brother Aaron, type in the answer so we know. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But I mean, the way I think about it is that from a humility standpoint is mm. that um, we consider ourselves, you know, we go last. That's how we, we think about ourselves. We esteem others above us. But God exalts in his own time. Like mm. this idea that, of course, it's not that I think, Karen, you shared this with us one time about humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking uh, of yourself less. Yeah. Didn't you, you're like yeah, in a leadership yeah, yeah, yeah. team, Karen shared that with us. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I think about. I don't think less of myself. I'm not putting other people first because I think I'm bad or I, yes. you know, I'm not good enough. Yes, yes. It's because I'm serving God. I'm showing love. I'm showing up to serve basically. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's, I don't, I don't think there is a middle ground. I think we should go mm-hmm. last. We should show up to serve. And then God does the exaltation of us, you know, if it suits his glory, but I don't know. What do y'all think about Aaron's question until we get his answer. What do you think? <laughs> but isn't that exactly what Jesus did? I right. mean, Although. we're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, flawless in every way, all knowledge, all power, all presence, all, all. And, and, and yet he allowed himself to be born of a human and took on flesh. And, and though had the capability to sin, did not sin and allowed the most humiliating and curse-filled death that the time had to offer to be stripped of his clothing while on the cross then speared in his side and then buried in a tomb the most the lowest of the low but he was able to do that because he knew who he was I'm convinced, Aaron, that the more we know who we are, the less we have to prove who we are. And we can be like Christ, pour ourselves out, maybe not a ransom for others, but certainly for the benefit of others. That's a mind that's achieved. And I think I agree with Dr. Green. It's, it's, it's not a middle ground, and that's got, we've got to be careful. Right. Because the middle ground permits a little of this and a little of that, and Christ's example was extreme. God died for me while I was still drinking and a sinner. Oh my goodness, if that's not going last, and it's because of that, now I can choose to take on his righteousness and, and little by little give up my noise, myself. It's going to be an extreme, not a middle ground. We got to follow Christ's example. You know, I think if, if the greatest gift is love and by loving others, then I know who I am. I know yeah. how precious I am to God. Yeah. So I want to love others and putting others for the benefit of God's glory is my reasonable service. Mm. Because by putting others before me, I'm not putting myself down. I'm striving to be more like Christ is how I would see it, Brother Aaron, that, again, it's not that middle of the road. It is my choice, my decision to be more like Christ and to put others before me. Because like one of my buddies told me, I might be the only Jesus that somebody ever sees. Wow. Amen. 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 um, We've got another comment from Sister Edna. Uh, We are servants at all times. We are here to serve, mm. not be served. Mm. Amen, wow. Sister Ed. Amen. Amen. 
So now I think it's time for us to try to get us some wisdom and some understanding going here. So, uh, Sister Karen, why don't you help us understand wisdom? How do we live uh, a life of godly wisdom in this new normal? Okay. Well, thank you, Elder Charles. And um, Life Changing Nation, if you joined this past Sunday service online, you would have heard um, Pastor Pelham speaking on the subject of restoration through peace. And within that message, Pastor touched on wisdom a little bit. And specifically that wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit, which comes from God. Um, and it doesn't just come from the Holy Spirit. It is the first and highest gift of the Holy Spirit. As you read in Isaiah eleven two to 3, where it says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear mm. of the Lord. So wisdom itself begins with the relationship with God and then takes us to Jesus, who is wisdom. And we learn that in Ephesians 1.17, where it says, I pray that the great God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the wisdom of his spirit. Then you will be able to understand the secrets about him as you oh, know yes. better. Um, furthermore, Colossians 2, 2-3 says that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, mm. in whom all are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and understanding. Mm. Mm. So Jesus is the ultimate embodiment of wisdom. The wisdom of his spirit is the Holy Spirit, which gives believers insight into the word of God. And it is through wisdom that we come to value as Christians those things which we believe through our faith. So as I was reading further on this whole topic of wisdom, of course, the Bible is full of many, you know, sayings and, and scriptures that encompass wisdom. But I was taken directly to, of course, the book of Proverbs. And the introductory section of my Bible actually called the book of Proverbs, the theme mm. of it was get knowledge so that you can gain wisdom. Mm. And so you learn the word of God by acquiring facts or knowledge about God. And the more facts you know through scripture, the wiser you become. But knowledge is the learning piece about the Bible. Wisdom is the understanding, mm. the meaning of the Bible and then applying it to your life. And Amen. that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The wisdom of his spirit helps us to understand the Bible and apply it to our life. The Holy, Holy Spirit actually gives us his wisdom to study the Bible. And when you yield to that Holy Spirit, it helps you to understand the will of God. So what does godly wisdom look like? As I said, there's so much in the Bible regarding wisdom, but I was again drawn to Proverbs and specifically um, there were 30 sayings that were written by Solomon in the book of Proverbs, starting at Proverbs 22, verse 17, through Proverbs 24, verse 22. Now, I'm not going to go through and read all 30. Do it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. But um, verse 17 through 21 tells us, pay attention and turn your ear to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach. For it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I teach you today, even mm. you, 
Have I not written 30 sayings for you, sayings of counsel and knowledge, teaching you to be honest and to speak the truth so that you bring back truthful reports to those you serve? And so as you read further into these different 30 sayings, you'll find that they're on a variety of topics. Um, but these verses here, 70 to 21, Solomon encourages us to do three things. Listen, learn, and lean. Solomon basically says his advice for applying the 30 sayings is to listen to the sayings by opening your heart, learn the 30 wise words so that you can recall them and speak to them whenever any conflicts arise or things in the world um, need to be addressed. You lean on God, not others, not ourselves or the sayings. If we listen, learn, and lean on God, then we'll have that knowledge, advice, truth, and all the answers for our challenges and how to live right before God and man. So, for example, I'm going to at least go through three sayings. So, the first one was how you treat the poor, that your attitude to those who are defenseless and in needs needs to be positive. You need to open your heart and hands to those who are in need. You'll be blessed. Amen. One of the other sayings said, be careful who you make friends with. Angry people don't make good friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> be careful. Bad behavior of other people can rub off on you. Amen. Amen. And another one says, before you sign on the dotted line for someone else, mm, yes, can you afford to lose everything? Are you willing to pay everything mm. for them? So mm. as you go through those different 30 sayings, you'll find that there are practical day-to-day -day sayings on making the right godly choices. So I toss Amen. it back to the panel here. Um, what does it mean to you all and what have you learned to live in, in terms of living a life of godly wisdom in this new normal? I think in God we trust everyone else we check out thoroughly. Sound like Hilliard. <laughs> That's a new saying. <laughs> that is saying number 31. <laughs> I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is. That's good. Doc. Wisdom for me I, is like a bit in my mouth. You know, you think mm -hmm. about a horse, and for me, it's the Clydesdales, uh, who, who used to represent Bush, Bill, amen. <clears throat> um, but the beautiful Clydesdale, huge horse, just so gorgeous. And those hair down there, you know, by his ankles, it's just a gorgeous animal. And a whole team of maybe 12 of them. And you got this little dude that's about, you know, six foot one, with a little strap in his hand controlling this amazing set of beautiful horses. And what gives that, that dude power over them is that little bit in his mouth. Keeps them from going to the left and to the right and going too fast and slowing down. It enables them to be where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there, even if they don't know better. And wisdom which I'm having to learn to yield to more versus my zeal. Wisdom helps me be where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there, even if I don't know better. And that, that takes us back to something we talked about earlier tonight, which is humility. You gotta humble your own agenda to God's agenda and uh, humble your own pace to his pace, speed to his speed, and, 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 and everything to his everything. Therein is, is guiding wisdom to keep us where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there. And then when we're there, because he's put us there, he'll deposit into us everything we need for life and godliness 
to excel, number one, to his glory, and then to the benefit of all we have contact with. Wisdom can help us do that, but we must yield, yield to it. Do we um, do I have time, Charles, or do we need to? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Okay. And then I have a comment uh, that I'll read from Sister Diane. So okay. go ahead, Dr. Green. Okay. I was going to say, Karen, I love that listen, learn, and lean um, as a way to think about wisdom. Because I think during this time, wisdom for me, one aspect has been listening to, you know, listening to the word of God, sermons, all those kind of things, and also listening to just God, godly counsel from other people. So one of the scriptures, also in Proverbs that I wrote down was, you need guidance to wage war and victory is won through many advisors. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we are in a spiritual battle, you know, yes, and you need guidance to wage war and to win. And so I remember years ago, we went to this, um, it was a marriage conference and the church sponsored. And one of the speakers talked about your spouse and you could probably say people that are godly people that are close to you. We should allow them to be our transformation partners. Mm -hmm. Meaning they see us, they know us really well, they know what our strengths are, they know what our challenges are. And when they try mm -hmm. to give us wisdom, you know, we should be open and receive that because that's, you know, that can be God speaking through them trying to help us transform and become more like him. Um, and it kind of goes back to the humility part as well, because that does require you to kind of put your ego, because <laughs> it can be damaging to the ego when someone you love <laughs> says something you need to change. Stop, but, watch, watch your mouth, doctor, watch your mouth. But when they do, like, how could we allow godly people, mm. not everybody, godly yes. people to be transformation partners? Like they say something and we actually take it in, take it mm. to God, pray on it, you know, let God confirm it if it's what's for us. But a lot of wisdom for me has come from hearing from other people and just other godly friends, you know, you guys, Kelvin, just people in my life that God has placed there, um, especially for challenging times. Amen. Doctor, who is Kelvin? That's my partner, my ace, my ride or die, my hubby. <laughs> and that just popped out like nothing. You see, I just love that. I love that. Tell your hubby I said, hey, just had to put you on the spot like that. <laughs> You know, Sister Karen, I was thinking about, you know, wisdom equals application. Mm -hmm. uh, wisdom without application is just information, just for the sake of having information, which kind of gets back to that whole humility thing mm -hmm. that I'm learning just for the sake of learning to let people know what I know. Mm -hmm. But am I learning? Am I getting wisdom so that I can apply that to my life to better me, to better my service to God? to better me being able to serve God's people. If the information that I'm getting, if the understanding that I'm getting is not causing me to grow, not causing me to serve God better, not causing me to serve God's people, then it's not wisdom, it's just information. Yeah, that's good. It is good. Let me, let me share uh, Sister Diane Basie's comment. She says, I love all of the comments and different perspectives. However, my new normal changes almost daily. The word keeps me flexible because mm. what was normal is not anymore. New normal has increased my flexibility in dealing with people. Mm. Amen to that. Glory to God. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. Um, we've, got, we've got about about six minutes, Pastor. So just mm. wanted to see life change in nation. Are there other comments or questions that you have around your new normal 
how do we live our new normal? How do we be humble? How do we be diligent? How do we be wise? How do we apply those things in our life so that we can grow, so that we can be better, so that we can be better servants of God and be our brothers and our sisters keeper? So before we get ready to chime off, go ahead, throw those in the chat, Life Changing Nation, because these will be things that we get to work on next week. Mm. And while people are commenting, I was going to say, I totally agree with um, Sister Diane's comment that things are changing so much that you do have to hold on to the word, what you know is true. Um, Mm. You know, that just the whole story of the Bible is a story of restoration, you know, from Adam and Eve to Job, to the children of Israel, to the gospel. It's God is a restorer. And so we just have to trust that even though, in the midst of it, <laughs> it can be hard to feel stable. Like she's saying, I feel like that too, things changing so much. But um, what has encouraged me is just a reminder that God, the whole Bible is a story of restoration. You know, based mm-hmm. things we lost from sin that we did ourselves yes. or life mm. circumstances or things we couldn't control. But even in all those circumstances, God still restores. Amen. And I would also say, you know, a lot has changed, but you have to remember also what hasn't changed. Um, You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And his will for us hasn't changed, even though, you know, those that we work with, some people have been dramatically impacted and, you know, things are happening in the world. We are still called to do justice and to protect, you know, ourselves and people who are vulnerable from, from, you know, COVID disease. He wants us to have a peaceful presence and a caring heart for those who are struggling right now Um, because his will for us hasn't changed. He still desires that we walk humbly with him, honest about, you know, where we're weak, you know, where we're not as diligent, faithful, where we should be and in whatever he has for us to do each day. And our primary purpose before and after the pandemic is still the same. Hear Jesus' voice, obey when he says, go. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I would submit to you that the only thing that's constant is change. You know, change is happening. Also, with all of the negative change, there are some positive changes that are coming out of it. I think one of those is people have realized that all of the stuff that they were buying, they don't need that stuff because we haven't been able to go out and get it. We have survived. We have lived without those things. Hopefully, this, this new normal, this change is causing us to forge relationships, to build deeper relationships, uh, to realize that how much we value one another in person so that when we have the opportunity to get back face to face, Mm -hmm. maybe we won't always be picking up these devices. Maybe we'll actually get back to Mm -hmm. having conversations, to looking people eyeball to eyeball Mm -hmm. and talking to them and listening to them versus always doing this right so maybe that's a positive of this new normal that we're living in pastor looks like that uh we're approaching our time and uh, you're gonna have to to close us out Uh, we've had a wonderful opportunity and a wonderful time talking about humility diligence and wisdom as always, we thank you for the for the chance and the opportunity. 
Life Changing Nation, we thank you for your feedback, for your comments. What are you going to focus on next week? How are you going to live your life uh, being more humble, being more diligent, and seeking more of God's wisdom next week? Ella Charles, uh, Dr. Green, Karen Abram, we just thank God for you. We thank God for your, your transparency. We thank God for your preparation. And we thank God for your diligence. Uh, we're benefiting from your worship of God, being diligent in the things he's called you to do. We're benefiting from that. I thank God for you. Uh, Life-changing nation, we're going to close out now. And there's so much that has gone forth tonight, so much. And I thank God this is recorded uh, and on Facebook, on our, our website, um, along with being on our YouTube. So we can go back and, and listen, take more notes. So many things I heard tonight that I, I want to go back and jot down and, and, and apply. Not just hear it, but actually apply. So we're going to pray out now, but we just thank God for you, life-changing nation. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're a part of what God is doing in this new time as we move forward in the new things and being restored and remembering what's not changed. It may sound like a lot, but being led by the Holy Spirit, there's nothing we can't do as long as we do it together. Let's pray together right now. So, Father God, we just lift up what's been said tonight for your glory. We lift up the hearts and minds of the life-changing nation all around this world that are tuning in tonight. Oh, God, we pray that they heard something that they needed to hear tonight to, to keep them moving forward in the way and in the direction you would have us all to move. Bless these tonight that are a part of the Leadership Training Institute. Oh, God, bless them. You know their needs even before they know them. Provide for them. I speak overflow in their lives, personally and businesses as well. God, meet them where they need to be met, for they are diligent. And you said you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Now, God, bless and keep us, each and every one, as we seek to navigate this new time for your glory, learning and moving forward in a way that gives you glory and blesses people. We trust you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Kingdom Leadership, and we pray you were blessed by today's discussion. You can find us next week at the same place, same time. You may also visit us online to access past episodes and submit questions for future shows by visiting IamAKingdomLeader.com. God is calling us to lead in a way that gives Him glory, attracts others, and advances His kingdom. God bless you.